Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the box set pod tonight, girls, part two. Two weeks on the series, girls. And tonight, uh, unlike the first part, we've actually got one of those things with us. A girl. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. Howell and Jamie here. We're both boys and one girl who's from Kansas joins us. It's Mel. How are you, Mel? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Very good. Look at this. A bona fide American girl, which is even better being as girls as an American TV series. Last week, Jamie threw the gauntlet down at the end of the podcast saying that we needed... Mel to join us this week and she has picked up that gauntlet and thrown it back in his face now you, you weren't keen on joining us for this were you Mel um you know I wasn't because I watched the first episode of girls when it premiered and did not care for it and never watched it again I've kind of kept up with it you know as you do just reading about tv shows and what's going on in the not world as, not as you do as you do you're the only person I as know you do yes <laughs> I, I just through osmosis you know these things yeah, you, you yeah. get to know all about shows like i could tell you a lot about supernatural never watched a single episode <laughs> so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i wasn't i wasn't really keen on it and i didn't feel like i really had the street cred to talk about it having mm-hmm. I mean, we, as we discussed, I I thought I maybe had watched the first episode, but I couldn't remember for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but after watching it again, I I did watch. I have seen it before. So you have watched um, it again. I did. I actually watched the first four episodes Whoa. per the uh, box set pod rules. Wow! 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 That's so impressive. Oh, wow! Thank you, Mel. Yeah. Uh, well, it's only thirty minutes an episode. Yeah, it is short. That is a big plus point for the series straight away. You can, you can chew them down quite quickly. Um, well, the reason you're here, Mel, is because you are a woman, and as we know, just like with black people, if you have a black person, they have to talk on behalf of all black people you have to talk on behalf of all women and that's the way the world works i'm afraid particularly american ones so no thank you we don't expect you to represent everyone but i think perhaps first you should explain to us why we were wrong to be surprised that this wasn't in it forget about what you think of it now after four episodes but when you first watched it and you were put off by it we would have thought that you were perfect for it a writer in america who would have been in her if not 20 certainly 30s at that point um and you said to us it's not really for it's not for me i'm not the target demographic kind of thing what do you mean by that who's the target for for it Who, who was the target in your head um, the target demographic in my head was, you know, women who were in their 20s and were still trying to figure it out. Um, maybe not necessarily early 20s, like not the exact same age that girls were when the show started, but thereabouts. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, I had to go back. I actually went back and looked up when this premiered because I thought that might have given me some context as to why I was not into it. And, mm. oh, my, did it. Mm. Um, yes. Mm. Girls, nice. Girls premiered in the middle of April, uh, April 15th of 2012, which, and I, I, I'll try not to get into too much of the details here, but um, at that point in my life, I had recently been diagnosed with moderate to severe depression and begun treatment. Mm. I had just come through years of dealing with entitled Chuck fans, yeah, yeah. Um, because the series had ended a few months previously. Um, those two things are not unrelated. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, I mean, that's that's not the that's not the only reason that I needed therapy, but it was certainly a catalyst to getting me to finally go in and deal with some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also just a week week before the series premiered, I had been informed that the funding for my job at the university where I worked at the time was not going to be renewed due to budget cuts. Wow. Wow. So I was really not in the mood to watch (laughs) four women be entitled, self-absorbed and make a bunch of poor choices about their lives. Yeah. I was just not in a place where that was entertaining. No. No. So, yeah, oh. I, when I saw that premiere date, a big old light bulb popped on over my head. It's funny so because that, a lot of people. Lot against it. It's funny because a lot of people have said that um, my relationship with Tr- Chuck demands that I seek therapy as well. So, it's quite interesting. Um, uh, it's not Chuck itself, it was the fandom, but that's an yeah. entirely podcast. No, I think that that's, that that's a very interesting subject. And if you've. Um, I don't know. In in some small way, it's probably similar to where I am in in life at the moment, where you you ride something that's quite quite hectic. Jamie and I had quite a hectic decade there that seemed to fly by, and then th- when the when the landscape changes very quickly, um, and similar to to then for you uh, at the moment, there's kind of a lot of budget cutbacks, and life isn't as easy as it always has been, kind of thing. Um, it can certainly change your relationship with that kind of program and and i've said on this podcast a lot uh, that i like happy things with happy endings and uh, and i enjoy chuck a lot i think the difference with this now and, I, and we'll find out if it's the same with you is that it's very different now looking being able to look back at people who are that age and recognize mm-hmm. m- myself in it rather than looking at it while you're going through it and going why would I it's a bit like people who are people who are doctors saying well I'm not going to watch ER why would I go home and watch ER I'm going to watch yeah. this shit that I've put up with all day you know um, right. so I'm wondering how different it is now for you um, looking back at those characters do you see them in a different light is it easy for you your relationship with the series I I feel like my moment has passed for girls. I really do because I'm now watching it and I feel myself kind of inching into, you know, hey, kids, get off my lawn territory. (laughs) I have, I just have no patience for these, for these people. This, I mean, I, I know a lot has been written about how these characters are unlikable on purpose. They're, you're not you're not supposed to like these people yeah and that's that's the point of it because aren't we all just miserable little pricks in our 20s in our early 20s i mean we just 
Yeah. But I, I really just, I'm at, I'm still, I'm, at, or I am still, or again, at a point where I'm just like, I have no patience for this. Mm. Um, mm. I am, I am more interested in the characters, though. I will say that I am more, I, because I did go on and watch all the, you know, the first four episodes, and I'm, I may continue to watch. I don't mm. know, it's, but it feels a little bit like, a little, cinematicistic, you know, to, yeah, you know, to to, to keep watching because. I mean, Hannah's relationship with Adam, I just want to shake her. Except yeah. I think you get off that, so that probably isn't going to be but that, productive. Well, um, but that's a miserable, horrible, horrible relationship. Mm. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. I there, There's a lot to unpick there. So our quest on this podcast is to see if we can persuade you to continue. Because I think even in what you've just said, even using that as an example, Adam and Hannah's relationship certainly changes, and your your view on what is good for Hannah changes, and your view on him changes. Um, that's one of the things that I think is great about it. But I just want to talk about something more fundamental. And you and I discussed it when we were doing the Gilmore Girls special. Something that I noticed in the reaction to the Gilmore Girls um, revival, and to catch Jamie up here, one of the key characters, uh, Rory Gilmore, has mm-hmm. an entirely unsympathetic storyline in the yes. in the revival. So, it, the, oh. and there was a there's been a huge backlash of people mm-hmm. saying she's making just awful decisions. There is nothing to like about her in these decisions she's making, and it's unrealistic that she would make these decisions. Something Mel and I discussed. I was like, no, I I totally buy it. I think people reach yeah. points in their life where they do make a cataclysmic set of decisions over a couple of years. Absolutely. And where Rory was at that point, absolutely. And I compl- I drew that parallel between and when I was watching these episodes. Did you? I drew that parallel between how I was feeling about these these women and how I felt about you know Rory and that I was far more understanding with Rory. Okay, I then, think because we grew up with her, you know. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, know that well, she's a good it. person at heart. We've seen that she's got a good head on her shoulders. I have no frame of reference for these characters. Well, I met them when they were twenty three, twenty four. That's the that well the, well that was kind of the point I was going to make was that I got I got this sense that perhaps there's perhaps there's a cultural difference between American audience and and a British audience. Maybe not, but it, it, the the thing that shocked me most with the Gilmore Girls f- f- feedback was the idea that characters should be aspirational. Like for mm. me, Rory's story was just a great story, even if she was being a dick. Whether you think she was depressed or being a dick, that's still uh, a story. And I think that there was a great sense of disappointment, and it's almost a religious thing. It's almost like what we want is a or what what the, the, that audience want is for our characters to be um, redemptive, to always be redemptive, and to be mm-hmm. to be held up on a on a pedestal that that says that we should aspire to be like these people. Almost a a, a kind of Catholic um, or Methodist, even or Christian sort of view of entertainment that says, well, we should not be watching people who lead us into temptation or or who who aren't inspirational and I, and so my point was going to be you know are you 
if if you'd have are you holding these people to that standard but i think the more interesting point is the one that you've just made which is are you watching this and going okay why don't i imagine that i saw hannah as a um 13 year old growing up through <laughs> through that are you mm-hmm. building a sympathetic backstory to her in order for you to get get beyond your american penchant for uh, redemptive characters not yet because honestly to me she's acting like a 13 year old Okay. When we meet her, she's she is a spoiled only child teenager. Is there not an argument though, Jamie? Do you agree with this? That that actually what Lena Dunham's done here is that if we were to draw ourselves into characters, this is what you'd see. That she's actually drawn a realistic depiction of all of us. Nobody is mm-hmm. as pure as as um, Rory Gilmore pre pre. Oh yeah, I mean if you're comparing these characters. As far as realism, you know, an actual person who would exist in the world, Hannah is far more likely than Rory. Although I, Mm. I, I was a Rory, so I'm going to be the exception to the rule. Yeah, but um, (laughs) yeah, it was. It's, and I know that that's what Lena Dunham is going for. She's going for a realistic depiction of women of her generation, Mm. and I think she achieved it. But that does not make it easier for me to watch but what makes it a comedy i think more as time goes on is that as you're watching it you go uh, this is it's not that it's not that lena lena dunham is is saying look at the contradictions that we have in in our character all of us have contradictions and the comedy i think more and more to, to some degree comes from us going Oh, what a car crash of a decision to make that we all could make. Am I explaining this well, James? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think I do. I think there's nothing that you've said, Mel, that I, I disagree with whatsoever. You know, it's it, in the, the the initial episodes of Girls, I felt exactly the same. I was like, I don't like Hannah. I, I think her boyfriend's a psycho. And I think mm-hmm. all the other characters around her are really annoying and self-absorbed, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to continue watching. And I've, and I've, I'd say watching Girls, it's almost like I go through waves of, through the series. I've gone through waves of going, oh, do I really want to carry on with this? And then I've gone, this is. Then there'll, there'll be an amazing episode where I'll just go, oh, that's why. I really like this show where it's either been, it's really captured the, the essence of like just really funny laughing at these characters and the situations they get themselves in. Or there's a really poignant moment that they managed to capture because of the reality, like you say, how the reality of the world that's created, she does capture some really lovely, like poignant moments. But, you know, there is a lot of like sort of annoying, watching annoying people in New York that you have to get through that's a tough thing to do <laughs> and especially for your pawn you know you like you don't like that particular type of show um you, you know, you, I, I, well, so I, talk to me about what what happens because again i've only okay. watched the first four episodes um so we've ended with that that devastating moment where marnie's boyfriend is on stage and sings a song called Hannah's Diary. Um, that is <laughs> Which is a just, funny situation. <laughs> That's it's, funny. Oh my gosh, it's just it's it's it was not funny. I did not find that funny. I found it incredibly awkward and not funny. Um I my, but I have a you know 
I'll grant that humor is is subjective. So um, I have I have yet to find anything funny in this in this series oh. after four episodes. Yeah. Well, okay. really? So you've not found any not not laughed at all in the four episodes? No. Uh-uh. I've been told that Hannah is a funny writer, but I've yet to witness <laughs> it myself. Okay. Uh, then here's here's a piece of advice. First, is that. I felt like that about Girls the first time I watched it, and then Sarah and I have watched the entire... We're up to date. Like We watched the entire thing in the last three weeks, so we've just gone round again. And something that I've found watching it together with somebody is that when you when you begin to laugh, like when you begin to go, Lena Dunham is making a joke, then it becomes funnier and funnier. So you go... Um, that, that, like um, I criticised Catastrophe a couple of weeks ago because I was saying that I don't like it when writers cast themselves when they could be better actors well one of the things that Lena Dunham is a really good actor and she's playing the part so well and so realistic that actually it could almost benefit from being worse played it could, it could benefit from being signalled that this is this is a comedy <laughs> like a little bit more because when you when you begin you know what it's like when you can watch a, a comedy with one person and there not be a laugh and you can watch it with someone else and you can snowball more and more laughter it depends what you bring to it well i think that's the case with this but but that said even as a drama um you were saying what what happens well that there is a um there is a characteristic of Hannah that you have no idea about yet, which is introduced in season two. And Spoil it for me. I don't care. Mm, I don't, it's not you that I'm worried about. It's anyone else listening. Oh. She, has, she has a particular um, mental... Um, is it a disorder or a foible? I'm not sure. It might be a disorder. I suppose it's a disorder. And we don't learn about that until a really, I mean, a really well-played, not funny, but really well-played expose of that in mm. in the second series. And also you meet her parents more and you you get a sense of everybody's backstory a little bit more, which perhaps allows you to become more sympathetic with them. And that certainly with Hannah... You know, the number of times in that first series that I said to Sarah, she's a dick, isn't she? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, she is. And and now, you know, at the end of all of this, even though there are elements of her being a dick, I would, I would you know, step in front of traffic for her because I think she's brilliant. She still has the propensity to be an absolute dick, but, but you know. Yeah, I, I think that, like, with her writing, with Lena Dunham, is it's very easy for her characters and her writing and her, her comedy and and the drama as well to veer on the side of just being this is annoying and I don't like it and indulgent at times you feel indulgent like that with is her, definitely her word. the word that, mm. yeah big yeah. time and so she doesn't always get it right like you know she's throwing all of this <laughs> at the at the wall and some but some sticks. And in mm-hmm. the first series, some of the good stuff does stick and does, like, work. And gradually, she more and more of it works as the series go on. So what I mean is, like, Hannah is a character. There's a, in, in season, like, three or something like that, there's an episode where... Because even though you still don't really always like her, you're kind of engaged in her journey and you understand her more and more. So there's a scene where she goes to a writing school in the middle of nowhere and uh, where she's with all these other pretentious writers that are quite similar to her. 
and uh, she just lays into them. She just absolutely <laughs> slags them all off. And it's one of the funniest scenes. And it kind of like, it's one of the first times where you sort of, oh, I, one of the first times I felt like I was really on her side and enjoying watching her behavior just mm -hmm. uh, puncture these personalities around her. And there's moments like that, and you get more of those moments as you go along with her because, and the other characters. And some characters you. You start to really, really engage with. Uh, I've forgotten the name of the um, her ex boyfriend who, who's who's gay. Uh, I've forgotten his Elijah. name. Elijah, oh, he's great. He's brilliant. Oh, I mean, yeah. he actually, I like that actor final, a lot. Oh, he's, oh, he's so good. And by the final series, he's my favourite character in the show. I, I think he's brilliant. I would argue though that by the final series, he's the be he's behaving like the biggest dick of of anybody. The, well, yeah, the last episode I saw, actually, yeah, he was. Let's um, yeah. let's take a brief moment to welcome live from London from the S and M Palace. It's Matthew <laughs> Wandler. Hi everyone. Hi Matt. So, I'll just put down my flogger and my manacles. Yeah. <laughs> the other that you're screaming, I hear in the background. You won't hear them. They're all gagged. Oh, yeah. um, muffled screams then. Matthew, um, just well, to catch you up. Well, it's a turn for the worse. Yeah, well, it always does. Mel has watched four episodes of Girls. She didn't like it originally many years ago. She doesn't particularly like the characters. We're here to persuade her to continue. That's kind of where we are. Um, and just before we get Matthew's opinion on it, I'll just say this, Mel. My One of, one of the firmest things that I can say about this is that if you trust Lena she's going to take you from 20s to 30s and she said she couldn't do it any further than the 30s Matt's cat's going that's how old she I'm is, sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and so the, the, just you... to quickly Jamie just to quickly go back you were it sounds like you were telling me that we start to see Hannah moving from Matt could you breathe less heavily please so sorry <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> thank you from self absorbed to self-aware is that what maybe that oh that well yeah uh, yes writer that scene at the writer's retreat is that kind of what you're talking about a little bit but okay. certainly over the very series. very yeah and it's a very slow process you know yeah. that her her development as a character and as, as a person in the show is very slow but yeah she does see the the and maybe not so much in herself as much as in the people around her, she's she, she's good at sort of seeing the the uh, ridiculousness of the people around her and, and highlighting it. And, uh, and so, but yeah, she's as a yeah, she is frustrating still as it goes on. But she does sort of like endear you to her because you sort of see the wit and the genuine earnestness that she kind of goes into mm -hmm. everything mm. that carries you a, quite a long way. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's worth sticking with for that. Well, I think that's kind of what the whole thing's about, is, is self-awareness, isn't it? And um, yeah. versus self-indulgence. <laughs> because there is a lot of comedy that is about laughing at them, laughing at the how terrible these characters are and how ridiculous they are. Yeah. You, you spend a lot of time just going, they're, they're fools, they're, you know, they are. But, all, um, uh, but let, let, Matt, what, let, let's, Matt, Matt. Yes, yes. Do you like girls? Very much. And <laughs> what about the series? <laughs> yes, very much. I, I, I think it's excellent. I really do. How did you feel at the beginning when you were a couple of episodes in? Uh, I liked it from the start. Yeah. Oh, right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what, what appealed to you at the beginning? 
Uh, pretty much everything about it. I'm not gonna. Yeah. No, I I mean, listening to last week's pod, I was dismayed at how much he focused on the sex scenes because it's. I felt like I was at a a meeting of the Mary Whitehouse Club. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Matt, hashtag dismayed, Matt. Um, Yeah. It's on. You can't say that this is usual in a comedy. No, I don't think it is, but that doesn't well, that's mean it's why bad. We were talk- I didn't say it was bad, and I don't think this is a comedy. This isn't. This isn't just a traditional, like you, you know. This this should not be compared to something like Kimmy Schmidt, which is an out and out played for laughs. This is about gags. Yeah, I think we. I think we we acknowledge that those those are two different things. But she is a she is a comedy writer. This is a- no. The show is funny. That doesn't mean it's a comedy. Okay. Um, well, oh are we going to have to disagree? I feel like this is going to be a different oh, sort of this, discussion. This is a debate. This is yeah, this, just, that's just, an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if if anything, that like this this show is more like um, something. It, it's like a really souped-up Hollywoodized version of This Life, or uh, yeah, it's Queer as Folk, or something like that. It's in that kind of vein where it's just it's really studying a, 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 a demographic, and. Um, a, a sort of modern phenomenon, and you are aware very, that Judd Apatow is the producer of this. This I know, but that, that, that doesn't, doesn't make it a comedy. It is, it is funny, but it's it not trying to be a comedy. You couldn't put it in that no. genre. I okay, don't think well, it's right to pigeonhole in, it like that. In every, but doesn't single... it compete in the Emmys as a comedy? <laughs> yes, it's always submitted as because a comedy. it's a comedy. Because they call it a comedy. Even Wikipedia calls it a comedy. But it's not funny. Comedy, it's a comedy drama. It is funny. <laughs> We said it's not, it, it is a comedy drama. It is. Well, yes, and the, but, but everyone feels the need to pigeonhole something, and it's pointless, and particularly <laughs> the Emmys with their silly categories. But it's not the Emmys. It's them. It's Judd Apatow who makes comedies, and Lena Dunham who uh, talks about it as a comedy. It is a comedy. It's a comedy. All right, drama. fine. All right, I'm not going to. I'm not going to keep talking about it because it's pointless. <laughs> well, I'm just, um, you know. But the, the the things that appeal to me about it instantly are f- first of all, I think the writing is fantastic. I think it's better than most things out there. But I, I don't know if everyone's um, up to speed on the on the current series. Uh, but yeah, um, me and Jamie. The, the, mm. the, the last episode I watched was where she goes to visit this uh, writer. This writer that she's written oh, yeah, a, yeah. a column about, yeah. and I just it's just a fantastic duologue. Like the whole thing is 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 so strong. Yeah, um, amazing. And, it, and it's a really nice intellectual debate. Yeah, I don't see how you can sit there and call that episode a comedy. Are you joking? So the so the bill. No, I'm not. So there is no to you in that episode, and we can't go into specifics because we don't want to ruin it. But as a dark comedy, that episode does not build to the point where there is a very clear gag, which is also twisted and weird, but a gag. I don't, I, no, I don't. I don't see that personally. Have you ever laughed at the West Wing? West Wing doesn't call itself a comedy. This one does. I, it's not my words, Matt. It's the words of the people who made the program. Anyway, we're still getting stuck on this well, meaningless point. But, um, <laughs> it's no. Listen, the, all of these things. This is quite an important thing. All, how well you're right. It's a comedy. Okay, it's, thanks. it's a comedy. Um, no, no. Ed, listen. <laughs> the reason I think that this is an important thing is that I was saying to Mel just before you came on. When you do watch this, if you struggle with the darkness and with the with the um, unlikability of the characters and stuff, if you do take a step back and if you listen to any interviews with with the producer or the writer about this, that what they're 
very much trying to do is a traditional comedy, which which is um, told in a very dramatic, very real, very character study rich way, which is often the basic structure of you get a character and you you throw more and more shit at them until there is a climax until there's a point at which something ridiculous happens that you wouldn't have been able to buy at the beginning of an episode it gets more and more you know difficult or or farcical and that for me is what i realized this time around when mel watched it the first time she was in a different state of mind jack enjoyed it because he is that age and he recognized it but i'm watching it now going oh what a brilliant um what a brilliant, unique way of writing a comedy, which then um, the writer of Love has has said she, she wished she'd written. Was it Love, Jamie, last week? Wasn't Love uh, no, by was a Transparent. Guy. Transparent. Oh, Transparent, it, yeah. Yeah, Jill Also Soloway, not a comedy. Yeah. Also not a comedy. <laughs> um, but that's partly why I, why I really enjoy it, is because there is no... Um, I can't think of a comedy that is quite like this. And that's her... You that's know, interesting, th- isn't it? It's almost like it's not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, just send you the link. It's almost like it's something different <laughs> but, no. that doesn't have a category yet. Unbelievable. Only okay. Anyway, it what, what is it that you find so detestable about the characters, anyone? Mel has to answer that. Oh, okay. Well, at the risk of repeating myself, I just find them insufferable. They're not people I would want to spend any time with. Um, they they remind me of people that I knew at that age who I chose not to spend time with because they're so self-absorbed and intent on making these poor choices and just pretentious as fuck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just ca- I cannot stand these kinds of people and I I you know you were talking about Hannah becoming more endearing and I see that absolutely in these first four episodes I see that that element there and she's one of the reasons that I might continue watching is because I I do find myself drawn to what's going to happen to her next what's she going to do but at the same time I don't want to watch her make more bad decisions than I know that she's going to Mm. Well, is that? I, th- I, I mean, I, I really, I, I've, I've always really liked the character of, of Hannah in particular um, because she's uh, she, she's a self-deprecating klutz mm-hmm. kind of thing. She, you know, she's. She, I think she's just really. I find her really lovable, and uh, just, just despite any. Um, I mean, I, I, personally, I don't, I don't particularly find her pretentious. I think she's... I, I mean, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen Series 1, so I can't remember what she's like in that initial part. But I, I think she's um, trying to be uh, truthful as a as a writer, and I think that can seem pretentious. Um, she's less pretentious than the people around her, and, and that might be what makes it so glaring. Right. Because she's got, I mean, she's got this British, uh, they're not actually related, right? Jessa and, and, Mar- and Jessa and Shoshana are the two. That are yeah, they're cousins. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but she's got, Jessa's there and she's, oh my God. <laughs> I cannot handle that character. Yeah. It's ridiculous yeah. with, oh, I mean. I've never liked Jessa, so actually. She's completely insecure. Yeah. And, you know, but. 
but they all let her get away with it and they all let her make them feel insecure. And, you know, Shoshana is just so desperate and needy. Yeah. And Barney is so selfish. Yeah. But I, I think they all go through such um, a, a rich tapestry of existence in the. In, in the series, like they, they they try so many different things. It's that, that's one of the things I love about it is it's so um, it's it's just full of experience. It's mm-hmm. it's full of people um, try just trying different things and trying to figure out what they like and what they don't like and not being afraid to experiment, fail, um, enjoy. Uh, to, they're, they're experimenting with being cruel, with being um, with being arrogant, with being self-absorbed, with being empathetic, with being um, giving, and I, I, th- I think that's one of the one of the best things about it. It's just it's it's got so much going on throughout the throughout the series. So you, Matt, never shouted, "Oh my God, she's a dick!" about that character. About which one? About about. Um, Hannah. No, no, I've always really liked her. I mean, I, you know, she makes she she can make bad decisions, but I I, I think they're real decisions, and I I, I don't think um, I, I don't think the show shies away from that. I think it sort of embraces that this... her ineptitude and 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 the uh, her, her um it, you know it's 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 about finding your way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is. Um, but you're well, the I think first it does person. it more truthfully and accurately than than most anything I've seen. I, you know, it's I, uh, this podcast needs a psychoanalysis of everybody involved. I think based <laughs> on this series, you're the first person I've ever spoken to who doesn't talk about that character is incredibly kind of annoying at first, and uh, yeah. Um, well, that, it's it's an interesting thing as well because in the second series, I think it is when they sort of really delve into her OCD, mm. and she does become very, very uh, difficult uh, to like. I was just really cryptic earlier about what it was so that I didn't spoil the second series. For. Oh, sorry. What, <laughs> no, no, sorry, no. I, no, I asked him to spoil me, and he wouldn't do it. So okay, yeah, yeah. but it's it's really interesting because OCD is a thing that people kind of. Um, it's 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 a term that's bandied around a lot and used uh, very mis um, very incorrectly, yeah. uh, and it's a very serious thing. You know, uh, it can really cripple your existence. Um, yeah. I, I have I have a friend, a, a playwright who wrote um, who is a, a OCD and, and and wrote a thing about it, and uh, yeah, it, you know, it drove him to the brink of madness, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, it does the same with Hannah, and it's a really sort of fascinating thing to watch yeah. um, particularly when you see people trying to support her it's, it's, like, it's like watching someone with an addiction it's, uh, that, that's what it feels tantamount to well Lena Dunham has it and and I think again it's tantamount to, to her, her ability to her acting ability is phenomenal and it, that's one of the things I said last week uh, that, that it had taught me things this series and that is one of the things that whole that whole process of, of going in and out of OCD is just so well, so well placed and, and well performed because she could have done it badly, even if she has got it and she did it really well. Yeah, she did. It's brilliant. Sorry, I'm, I'm just half concentrating because I'm reading an interview with Judd Apatow and Lena Dunham about writing comedy together for girls. Looking, um, looking for evidence, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, um, well, the, the other thing that really uh, that I enjoyed about it 
was watching Adam Driver um, kind of grow into his watching that character come more into its own. Yeah. Because I, I remember like the first few episodes looking at this guy going, wow, how is this guy on television? He's repulsive. He, he looks like a troll that you'd find under a bridge. Yeah. But then by the end of series three, he's somehow incredibly handsome. Yeah. I mean, uh, ju- just his, I, and this is one of the things I was saying to Mel there at the moment, Mel's at the point of like, why is Hannah touching this person? And, and what a freak. And he is, he's just so, so, uh, disgusting as a character, I think to begin with. And then you realize who they're kind of represent that character sort of, becomes a hero in in certain moments a villain at yeah others, absolutely but, yeah but it's almost he, the like, way that he reacted when she told him that she had hpv yeah that I was can't remember how that was the react? first he says oh i'm so sorry and she because she's breaking she's having a meltdown because she's like i'm gonna get cervical cancer and die yeah uh-huh. and he says i'm so sorry and gives her this big hug yeah, yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute. There's your Oops, window. This, this is why she keeps coming back. There's your window, and if <laughs> if, if you were to look at the, you know, we're in an age at the moment, very very conscious of of. Um, I don't. I, I almost feel like I'm saying the wrong thing when I say this. Very conscious of political correctness in a good way, and what that character almost becomes for me is uh, at points is almost the the the. the best feminist portrayed because there's so many contradictions in all of the characters that in his character you get somebody who's entirely what you see is what you get you can predict what he's going to do and he's entirely fair with everybody based on his kind of worldview. in a way he's the most together character of anybody in the series you know did anyone else feel that about that character mm. Maybe not. Uh, uh, the last couple of series, things have kind of changed a bit because you feel like he's lost his way a little bit. But there's a there's a certain trustworthiness and solidity that you can rely on from him, where you think he's going to be the hero. Um, there's definitely that because he, he's very um, he's incredibly single minded and uh, uh, truthful, and that that that's his shtick you know yeah like you, you can't imagine him lying to someone but you can imagine him being absolutely brutal with the truth as well he's a sociopath so he judges he judges everybody in a way which is completely devoid of of whatever social norms are he he has his way of judging people which is really refreshing to the point that there's the end of it, one of the two the first couple of series there's the end where he's running and I'm not going to say any more than that but it's the one of the mm. best endings to a series I've ever seen oh, yeah. the tears were falling from my eyes <laughs> maybe but uh, they should have been if they weren't it's got some of the best moments in it and there's definitely ups and downs Mel if, if unlike Matt who obviously is as pretentious as the characters which is why he hasn't got a problem with it but unless you're Matt and you've come at it finding it quite difficult to begin with it's um, I, I understand that there's ups and downs but it really does have kind of a depth and a, a, a gold mine of moments and perspectives that you just can't get from any other comedy drama hmm yeah. Well, I'm I'm certainly intrigued after listening to a group of men extol the virtues of this show. And my where cat. where <laughs> I sorry, my cat really likes it uh, as well. <laughs> I like your your cat is I'm an just, excellent character on this podcast. Go on, Mel. 
I'm just, I'm wondering, I wish Marsha was here because I'm wondering if this is a case of, I haven't seen the entire, the, the entire series, therefore you guys are able to come at it from a more, um, you have a more holistic approach having seen, um, what, what are they on now? Six? Six. Yeah. 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 Um, or if it's that. No, I mean, we had to get that gone far. through this as a female. I have a different perspective than you do as males, where some of this stuff seems endearing to you. Having gone through it myself with female friends, it is not endearing. Well, certainly it's, having watched the entire thing with my wife, she, mm-hmm. the remote control is firmly in her hands. So, is it? She, so she's yeah. in. Okay. Yeah, she has to be signed up, and and I, I do I do get the difficulties to begin with, but um, at the same time, you know, Marsha brought up the sex scenes as well. She didn't listen to last week. The reason we talked about sex last week so much is because um, most people that Jamie and I have talked to about this certainly over the years do bring up the sex scenes because they are so unique in the sense that they're they're, just, they're quite frequent and they're quite awkward and they're quite. They- are very awkward aren't they there's no soft lighting and you know swelling music there's is this is this okay with you but that's <laughs> very that's kind of what how she do you set want me out. to be you know? yeah that's what lena dunham set out to do though with that mm-hmm. was go you we don't see see real sex on tv we mm-hmm. see stupid soft focus um, yeah. sheets hiding exactly and that's stuff. that's what sex is like in your 20s it's, Everyone's it's, trying to figure out how to do it. Did you have sex in your twenties? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like that. But I, I think um, Jamie's point the week before last when he mentioned it, which I kind of get, is that there's a lot of, like, a lot of it. There's just a lot. I'm not being Mary Whitehouse. It's just being critical. I'd go, you know, if if any, if that annoying British character was in it too much, I'd go, yeah, I get the point with her now. Why, why is she in it too much? But it's it's kind of a. It feels like because it's so unusual, it feels like a device that is used a great deal. You know, it stands out. But it's challenging, and it's uh, and it's progressive, and it's it, it makes us think about it in a in a, in a different and and more. I keep saying it. I feel like a wanker. A more truthful way. It's you, you, you know that uh, no, no, no one, no one in their twenties has sex like you see it on in films. You're absolutely right. But the, but what my point is that when you're conscious of that point that you've just made, that it's challenging. Uh-huh. When it after you've seen it four times, it isn't challenging anymore. And you go and I just wonder whether there's a few too many sex scenes where okay if we lived in a world where this wasn't challenging does the story actually need it because it happens a lot i'm like okay they're having sex now and we're going to watch them having sex and it'll be awkward it feels a bit one tone of like i don't think that's true i think it definitely is necessary because it tells you an awful lot about the there's so much nuance in there about exactly the way the two of them feel about each other and it's just it's another way of uh, of showing you how the relationship exists Mm. because it it, it uses an aspect which a lot of other shows don't get to because they won't do that stuff you only see them you know with with their clothes on you don't see what it's like when 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 they're completely uh, intimate with each other yeah i think you're right i I I think agree on that I think I, well, I, I do agree to to an extent because I think you're right. I think a lot of the ninety percent of the time the the sex scenes make a really good sort of character or plot point or whatever. But there are 
there are times where I've just gone, I get it. I get what this character is. I get his relationship with that character. I understand that this dynamic's weird and that's why they're doing, you know, I don't need to have it like hammered home, you know, as much at times. But then that's... Why, why does it matter? Why, why, why should that be the thing that we fixate on and, and, and not um, how many scenes there are in a coffee house or how many times well, they because... use a cool piece of music to, to, to do something? Why is, why is this thing so unwelcome? I think because they don't, they don't use anything else that's so clearly a device as much. You don't, you don't notice a, a scene in the co- in a coffee house. You're almost saying um, part of life, just like talking, is sex. So, if you see mm-hmm. five scenes talking, what's wrong with seeing five scenes sex? Um, well, just because less happens in sex. <laughs> so, it, but that's I'm clearly like, not true. This show's got it's got stuff in it which is hilarious. Yeah, and and and, and shocking and, and uncomfortable, and it, it, it's the full gamut of the experience, you know. Don't know. I feel overgamated sometimes. Yeah. See, it's still uh, having only watched the first four episodes. Um, I did have to um, turn the volume down and close my windows because my neighbors were outside. Well, um, I what was it? I think it was the uh, uh, you took me off the streets and I'm 11 and you're going to send me home. Oh, oh that God. scene I think is what was on and I was like, all right, these are new neighbors and I'm going to shut my windows and you see that that's a great example of what of a scene that I wouldn't remove, you know. There's... But but and that's what I'm saying is I learned so much about Hannah's character through in the sex scenes that I've seen with her. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's just after oh, six yeah. series. I think sometimes they, they sometimes it's, just yeah, begin. It's not, it's not old for me yet. I'm sure there's like it's, four episodes that begin with a, a sex scene that could just be cap- copied and pasted. I don't learn anything new about this. Whereas I do in the coffee shop. There's different coffee shop scenes, you know. Different uh, sex scenes. Maybe, maybe I'm looking at the wrong parts, literally. Um... Who knows? Well, Matt's a complete convert. I mean, Jamie and I are converts as well, but it took us longer. Oh. Um, yeah. Go on. There was a dip for me. There was a dip, and I, I, I can't remember yeah. exactly where it was. I think there it was, was in Series 4, I was gonna where, say where the show got a bit self-indulgent, and I was just getting a bit bored with it. Um, yeah, I, I had that. There's there an episode of the wedding episode, I think. Mm. Yeah, the, the wedding episode. episode. That's exactly well, what it was. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm sick to death of these characters now, and I got to that point. And uh, and I just found it really frustrating, but yeah, but it wasn't it, until you know. series four. Yeah, mm, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when. Yeah, Mel. No, but I mean, I'm just saying that's that's pretty impressive that it was series four before you were tired of these characters. Yeah, and, and then also, it brought me straight back as well. Um, I I wonder if you. I mean, I Mel. One of my favorite episodes is the wedding episode. Where, tell you i just think it's superb um, <laughs> okay that's not what i just heard <laughs> matt and jamie didn't like the wedding episode i liked it but i wonder whether part of why it that is one of the very few episodes where we go out of camera out of the usual um uh, the usual setting we're, we're in another place um and i enjoyed it i think there's a great scene involving a pond uh, which i enjoyed very much but i think we're talking about different episodes i'm talking about the one where jessica gets married uh god i don't even remember oh yes got you but then that's yeah okay but that guy the irish guy who's in lots of things chris o'dowd chris yeah. o'dowd is 
X. I mean, what you lose with oh, him in Chris that O'Dowd, scene. Oh, Chris O'Dowd, he's amazing. He is amazing. He was awful in Girls. He's awful in Girls. Oh, <laughs> as in his character is terrible or he's a bad actor? No, I, I, I remember thinking, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> well, when we were in it, because I'd never seen him in anything before. And, and, I was, and I didn't like the IT crowd and I, and I didn't recognize him from that, but then I did. And I was like, oh, why have they got this shit guy? And then I saw him in Bridesmaids and I thought, oh, cool, you know, you're brilliant. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking back, he's better than perhaps when you first watched it. He's he's um, he's certainly one of the more ridiculous characters, but but you also get a sense that maybe that's where if you were if you were a girl rather than a boy, Matt, if you were a, and and if you were a girl rather than a very reasonable, um, polite boy that you are, you might have come across these jerks more often. I've got a feeling that these those characters actually exist in. I had no problem with the character. I thought he was bad in it. Well, I enjoyed his... The first time we meet him, I thought that scene was just very, very funny. And perhaps... I can't remember it now. uh, Going back to his flat, three of them. No, I'm not going to remember it because it's it's, it's a long time ago, but I I, I just remember that both me and uh, Hannah, uh, my wife, sorry, um, (laughs) were, were just like, why is this guy in it? Everyone's so good in this show, and who is this douche? Right. Well, um... Yeah, I, I think he's the. That's one of the most sitcommy moments when we first meet him, actually, in a bar, and then it, it feels a little bit less uh, of the realism that we've kind of built up. I think that's what I mean. That whole scenario felt very tacked on to the rest of the show. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough when you're making a comedy to avoid that throughout six series. I think. I think that's the problem. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, any final points, uh, Mel? Are you con- are, are you going to continue yet, or do 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 you need a final um, crack of the bat? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm I'm going to have you guys give me a final crack here. I've already made my decision, but let's see. Matt, you can number yeah. one reason to continue watching girls. Uh, I think it's a completely unique show. Uh, I think it's a very important show. And I don't think you should class it as a show. Just want to say that. No, true. It's not a show. <laughs> it's something else. A visual experience. Yeah. yeah. A visual and aural experience. <laughs> visual, aural, and oral experience. Um yeah, sorry. Did you have any more to that sentence? It's complete. No, I, I don't really know how to describe what I think is important about it. It's just I, I just think it's brilliant, and uh, and and that it should just be enjoyed. Yeah, I'll second that and and add that within that, I think it Lena Dunham, who is now, I'm sure quite miserable at being asked to kind of defend or, or represent feminism in loads of interviews and stuff it's kind of she's the go-to person to go um am i allowed to ask this question to a woman um i think she actually explores both feminist as a show it is one of the best explorations of feminism but also just female characters and comedy characters which is one of the reasons i love it um, it's one of the best explorations of that which includes right up until this last series the, the episode Matt was talking about some amazing debates male-female debates in all of their um, hypocrisy and uh, in in all of their kind of um, yeah, hypocrisy it's, it's, all of their difficulty as well that yeah, episode was particularly yeah. good because it shows how difficult things are exactly 
exactly. And I think it it just explores that stuff really, really well. Jamie. You know, you know what? It's great to watch it from the point of view, Mel, of going, I'm so glad I'm not in my 20s and going through yeah. all this shit anymore. You can just sit there for six seasons and you yeah. can go, oh, my God, I'm glad those days are gone. Yeah, it was that kind there of, is a character was... who tells Hannah, you could not pay me enough to be 24 again. Yeah. That, that so nurse true. when she goes in to get tested. It's so true, and it reminds you that whilst none of us feel like we know what we're doing in life, it really was very hard in your 20s, and you completely forget it, because you get through it on kind of uh, desperate determination, and uh, and it just shows them stabbing in whatever direction they can they can stab, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. What else? I, was I, that it, Jimmy? That's it. That's that's the cell. Because it'll make okay. you feel better about your life, is what Jamie said. <laughs> um, and I'll also just add that it definitely it feels like you're going to be stuck in this in this world, but the, there is development and it moves, and you you constantly learning new things or questioning things that you thought before, and that's one of the pleasures of it. I think the characters really do have arcs, not necessarily arcs, but certainly swirls and arcs and go in weird directions mm. and stuff. She's really nice. Well, despite yeah, all of your comments there at the end, I am going to continue to watch. Yay. <laughs> we'll check in with I, you I, again. I'm going to at least finish um, the first the first season and see where we're at. Great. Because I've read some of Lena Dunham's writing. Um, I've I've read some of, of her Lenny newsletters. Yeah. And uh, I do like her writing to, for the most part. She still makes mistakes. Yeah, that's part. That's part of learning, and she usually owns up to him and mm. tries to get better and make uh, to learn and and do better, which I appreciate. So I'm willing to do the same with regards to her show. One of the articles about this comedy says that it shares its <laughs> DNA closest with Curb Your Enthusiasm, in that the writer, you know, uh, the, the relationship between the writer and the um, and the actor. But I will say this as as a final point: I think that the I can't think of a series that is better where the actor is also the writer. Can anyone think of one? Mm-mm. Not better, no. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Thirty Rock. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, wonderful. Thank you, everybody. And uh, what should we discuss next week? Who knows? I've just started Broadchurch. Um, well, I've just finished Broadchurch season one, and I've just started on season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like someone has opinions. Either that, or he's just unleashed some weapon in the S and M dungeon. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what I think about <laughs> season one as well, Matt. All of it is. God, I can't stand shows like that. Okay, okay, yeah. Who done it? And uh, I might be defending a Who Done It, which would be a new thing. Um, but uh, yeah, were maybe... you ever able to find Blackish? No, no. I haven't tried. To... I'm going to start um, uh, American Crime Story tonight. The People versus AJ Simpson. Oh, oh you look. You lucky guy. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that next week. If we can. If you've got any suggestions or emails, email us. I uh, won't be around next week. Matt won't be around <laughs> next week, but you can. I'm going to be at Centre Parks. Woo! Other Centre Parks are available. It's like a shit Disney world in a forest, Mel. Studio at the Box Set Pod. 
Centerpoint.com. I don't mean that about Centerpoint. It's one of Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The happiest holidays I've ever had in my life. That was just comedic before I get sued by Sherwood Forest. <laughs>